Welcome back to the Glean Podcast, fastest hour of the week. I apologize for last week, but I got uh, I got got us kicked off like I do every once in a while. I'm going to try to be a little bit nicer tonight, see if we can keep us on. But I do appreciate everyone that takes time out of their busy schedule to tune in with us, to watch as we dive into God's Word, and we apply God's Word not only to our life, but it's, it's, it's practical everyday living, and it helps us. We're living in some of the most treacherous times uh, the world has ever seen, and when you apply the Word of God to your life during these times, the Bible says that He's a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path. When you apply God's Word to your life, even in the most treacherous times of your life, whether it be something personal you're going through or whether it's because of what's going on in the world, God will navigate you right through the middle of all of these times. He will make the crooked paths straight. So I believe as we dive into this, you can glean knowledge from this that will help you apply these things to your life and make your crooked path straight. So tonight, what we want to uh, get into is this is something I've been watching over the past few weeks, and I believe uh, many of you have been watching the news um, and seeing different things transpire and take place uh, in America. And I believe that the most ominous threat to America right now is principalities and powers. So tonight, what I want to dive into and discuss is the hidden invasion of principalities in America today. And a lot of people, you know, uh, a lot of people, you, you can, you can get in a ditch with this, which you can in a lot of different things. You can get in a ditch with any any kind of uh, teaching or doctrine or mindset, you can get in a ditch. <clears throat> not everything that you face in life, not everything that you deal with in life is a devil or a principality. Sometimes it's just you. Sometimes it's just people around you. Uh, I've said this statement so many times, I forgot who, uh, who I actually heard it from, but I think they say after you, uh, quoted a few times, then you can just say it's yours. So, you know, um, but sometimes it's not the enemy, but it's the inner me. So sometimes it's just uh, you being hard headed or uh, easily offended, different things like that. You can cause things to happen in your life. But then on the other hand, a lot of times we need to look at demonic activity, principalities and powers demonic forces that are arrayed against us in our lives to do us harm and to get us away from God and his word. So we're going to look at these things tonight, and I'm going to go through a few areas that I believe in America, and I believe if you you uh, follow along, you'll begin to see these things as well, but these are principalities and powers that we're fighting against as we're on, you know, we're on the brink of World War III, uh, we're on the, the edge or the cusp of, you know, America all but becoming a third world nation. Uh, you know, 
other nations right now that are meeting, uh, Russia, China, India, uh, Saudi Arabia, these countries, Australia, they're meeting and looking at bringing in another type of, of currency to do trade with. And if that happens, it's going to crush the, the dollar. It will cause our economy to, to tumble, to crumble into nothing. So when you see all these things happening, we have to begin to look at these things and, you know, take what's going on and, and, and look at Scripture and see uh, how we can line these things up to help us navigate through them. But if you're, you're following along or taking notes or if you have your Bible with you, um, let's look at Ephesians chapter 6, and we'll be looking at verses 10 through 13. Now, you could go on this whole chapter here. Um, is a very, very uh, relevant chapter. I mean, the whole Bible is relevant, but this is very relevant to what's going on and how we're to overcome it and stand against it. But let's look here in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 13, and this is Paul saying here, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand, stand. Therefore, that goes on into verse 14. But when you, you look at these things, even in verse 10, we have to realize, and I think this is something that it gets a lot of us. Um, any of you that follow any of the political stuff, uh, you find yourself, if you follow it long enough, you find yourself getting very irritated, very irritable, very frustrated. I know there's been a few times when I follow, and I follow a lot of the political stuff. Um, I, I'm I'm intrigued by it. I'm I'm interested in it. Um, and you know, when I follow this stuff, I found myself a few times getting very frustrated to the point, uh, you know, that I become irritable. And you know, when when you find yourself in a situation and you find yourself becoming very irritable, very upset, uh, short-tempered, you have to begin to realize that you're standing in this situation in your own strength. You're trying to do this on your own. And there in verse 10, he plainly says to be strong in the Lord, not in yourself, in the Lord and in the power of his might. That's the ability of his might. So we have to understand that we're not doing this in our own strength. We're having we're, we're doing this in the strength that God's give us and in his strength and his power. And then he went on and he said, for we do not wrestle in verse 12 against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers and the rulers of the, the darkness of this age and against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Now, here we, we have to look at, yes, there are a lot of evil people uh, working 
behind the scenes and even now, I believe used to, you know, maybe in the 70s and 80s and before, uh, even into the 90s, the evil, most of the evil people were working behind the scenes. But in modern day time, we are now even seeing these evil and wicked people working in the front, up in the forefront, right in our faces. But what we have to realize is these people are being controlled by principality, which is a demonic force. And then I know you notice here in verse 12 that he also says the darkness of this age. I believe every age or dispensation of time had its own darkness and demons that they had to deal with. Most of it, it all, it all comes back to one common thread, but the things that people dealt with back in the, you know, early 1900s or in the 1800s, back all the way, you could go all the way back into biblical times, the way that they were attacked or the way these attacks come across were always portrayed in a different light. And I believe what we're beginning to see now is that sin and these attacks from the wicked, from the principalities, they're not coming against us uh, in, a, in a sense of blindsiding us. These things are coming in in the guise of acceptance, in the guise of love, and, you know, uh, I hear a lot of this new age stuff through around. But that's what we have to realize is the things we're dealing with in America. Yes, it involves people, but you have to look at what's driving the, the people, what's driving the person. And, you know, when we begin to look at these things, we have to realize that these principalities and powers are here and they're, they're moving in people, they're moving in cities and in territories and in regions because they're trying to overthrow the move of God. They're trying to downplay the church and quieten the voice of God through his people. And these are things that we have to understand. And the only way that we're going to survive, this is, not a, it, this, is a, this is another one of my, what I call my non-negotiables. Um, and some people like them and some people get offended by them. But the only way you can survive what we're going through in this day and time is what Paul said here in chapter 6 in verse uh, 13. After he lists what was going on and what we were facing in verse 13, and then you can read later on, uh, you know, verses 14 all the way through 19, but he says, therefore, take up, which take up means to put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. So we notice that God didn't say he's going to take the evil days away from us, but he did say that he would give us armor and the ability to withstand the evil day that we're facing. So when we look at those things and realize that we're not necessarily, yes, we're having to, to deal with people, but the truth of the matter is we're dealing with principalities and powers. So it's always one of those, uh, you've heard this saying before, consider the source. So you always have to consider the source. It's not the people. Yes, they're the ones that are doing these things that we see, but you have to look at what's behind them. 
And then if you go in back up uh, a few chapters into Ephesians chapter 2, and we're going to read the first three verses of Scripture here, and here Paul says, And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath just as the others. Now, and, and for sake of time, I won't go in, but later on you should read the rest of that chapter uh, or at least down to verse 10, um, you know, it goes on and talks about how we've, we, you know, we have the, God's mercy and grace upon our life. But notice here in verse 2, he says that um, in which you once walked according to the course of this world. When you look this up in Hebrews, uh, in the Hebrew translation, the course of this world is basically what it's talking about here is uh, the mindset, the way of, um, you know, it's it's doing things the way the world does them and uh, doing, that's just, you know, that's just the way it is and you got to do it the way the world does it. That's the way everybody does it. You know, it's kind of one of them go along to get along and you always go downstream like everybody else, you know, because if you go against the world, and I believe a lot of you have seen this, especially in the last three years. Um, we have begun to see if you are a Christian, then everything that you stand for, you're going against the grain, you're going against the current, and, it, and it's a fight to go upstream to advance because everybody else, and even sad to say, there's even churches and, and uh, denominations that have turned because they don't want the resistance, they want acceptance, they've turned the way of the world and are going with the world. So we, we have to look at that, that the course of the world means the way the world views things. You see, there's a God view of things, and then there's an anti-God, or there's a Christ view of things, and then there's an anti-Christ view. There's only two views in the world. There's the God view or the Christ view, and then there's an anti-Christ view. Because anything that's viewed different from the way Christ views it is anti-Christ. And when we begin to see that in there in verse 2, then he says, he says that you went by the way of the world or the course of this world according to the prince of the power of the air the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, the spirit or the prince of the power of the air. We all know that that's Satan. But here's something that I, I want to, uh, to bring out or for you to chew on or think about, meditate on this. But notice here that he says that it was according to the prince of the power of the air. This broadcast that you're watching right now, this podcast, it is going to you via transmission that is through the air. 
It's airwaves. How do we get most of our media through the air? We watch news. It's satellites broadcasting and, and pinging from one satellite to another one. The transmissions are going through the air. And I believe that's why you look and back in the, you know, even as late as the early 90s, but then on back before then, you know, uh, profanity was not something that you've seen a lot um, or heard a lot, I mean, excuse me, on TV unless it was a rated R movie. And then nudity was not something that you've seen, uh, you know, in, in movies unless it was rated R. Uh, you know, especially uh, regular shows that you watch on TV, you, you didn't see any of those things. They might allude to it, but you didn't see it. And now when you look at the, the shows that are on TV now, uh, you know, they can't do one scene. You can't have a fighting scene without a sex scene. They can't operate on somebody without two of the, uh, a nurse and a doctor or somebody hooking up in a side room. And then their mouths, they, they'll bleep out some cuss words, but they'll let GD slide on through like it's nothing. And why? Because these things are being transmitted through the prints of the power of the air. And he controls the airwaves. That's why I've always told people, what is, what is the thing that uh, some of you may be watching on this right now, but if you took this podcast and, and you... Uh, synced it to your TV. You may be watching on your TV screen. TV is short for what? Television. It's a television set. That's what we all grew up with. Well, if you take that word television and you break it down, it's tell a vision. And you see the prince of the power of the air is manipulated the things we watch and all these different things and he's telling a vision. We may not realize it at the beginning, but it has shifted and shaped the way America views things, the way America looks at things. You know, I'm a, uh, and some of y'all may get a kick out of this. Some of you may do this, but when we leave in the mornings and both my kids leave and go to their jobs and my wife leaves and goes to work and then I leave and come down here to the church or whatever I'm doing, we have three dogs on the, in the house. And I don't like it to be quiet in there for them. You know, I want them to, to, to have some noise. So I usually turn on some cartoons or something on YouTube. But the other day when I come home, the TV was still going and there was this little show on, uh, it's a cartoon that little kids watch. And I had heard about it. I don't know. I mean, it's been around for a long time. But I think it, you may know about it, Josh called Caillou or something like that. It's about this little boy that gets into stuff. But I got to listening to it while I was in the kitchen getting ready uh, to fix supper. And I got to listening to this little boy being whiny and crying and all this stuff. And I thought, Lord have mercy, I'd beat that youngin's hind end. Yeah, Caillou needs a butt whooping. Yeah, he's a little smart mouth kid. And when he don't get his way, he whines and cries. And the parents say, oh, we'll do it tomorrow and all this different little, you know, when I was growing up, uh, if I would have, you know, if I would have tried that, I would have had to pick myself up off the floor, you know, and the same with my kids. But when we look at today's generation, we've got these young kids watching these kind of shows and his parents, we don't think a lot about it. It's, hey, it's a cartoon. It's a good show. 
But a lot of these even cartoons are teaching our children disrespect, being smart mouth, and have, you know, it's got to be what I want, when I want, and how I want it. You know, um, and th these are all things that are coming through the airwaves. It's the same as, uh, you know, how homosexuality used to didn't be. You never seen that on TV, but now it's almost every show you watch, there's a homosexual couple involved in something there. Why? Because the more we see it, the more that vision is told, the more we and our subconscious accept what is going on. So when we accept these things, when we tolerate them, what we're doing is we're tolerating and accepting principalities and powers ruling over us. And you say, well, they don't rule over us. Yes, they rule over us because whatever we allow and accept rules over us. So I know some people may not like that. It may not be a, the, your favorite quote of the night, but the truth is the truth. And then he goes on and he says that this spirit, the power of the air, who now, and you may say, well, that's in the Bible. No, when you read it, now still means now. It didn't say back then. It said now. He said, who now works in the sons and daughters of disobedience. When we look at what's going on in the world, they are people now who, who want to push every narrative that can be pushed in America as acceptance. And what we're going to see as we go through these different principalities is eventually this dog has to bite its own tail. You can't have everything for everybody all the time without somebody going, hey, wait a minute. I thought you, you said this was good. I thought that, but you can't stand for everything. So when we begin to look at these things, we have to understand that, like we said earlier, principalities are demonic forces. They're demonic spirits. Now, principalities and powers, and then it said there in Ephesians, rulers of wickedness in this day, principalities not not necessarily cover just an individual. They can, but most of the time when you look at principalities and powers, principalities and powers cover regions, cities, towns, states, nations, uh, geographical areas. A lot of times principalities are associated with geographical areas. You, you can look at Chicago, for instance. You can look at Chicago, the murder capital of the world. Okay, that you can, I'm not arguing that. You can look at it, that it's the murder, cap, murder capital of the world. Well, it's safe to say that there's a principality of murder, a spirit of murder that is controlling that geographical region. And you can get into the whole discussion of gun control or no gun control or this law or that law, but here's the bottom line. You can control guns all you want, or not control guns. You can pass all the laws you want or not, but law-abiding citizens and good people obey laws. They do what is right. You <laughs> Criminals don't obey laws, so I don't care how many you pass and how strict you get, they'll find a way, that spirit, that principality will find a way around your law or your amendment to get into the people and do what they want to do. So when you look at this, and, you know, you can look at different states. You know, I think they call Atlanta uh, the, the gay capital of the South. 
Well, it's safe to say that there's a principality, a spirit of sexual perversion that hovers over the Atlanta and that the city of Atlanta. It also, uh, there's a big, uh, in North Carolina, in Asheville, that's what they're known for. Those are spirits. Wherever you see it in mass, you understand that it's controlled by a principality and a power. And it's controlled through that power into the sons of disobedience. Not everybody is a Christian. Not everybody wants to do right. Not everybody wants to see you succeed and be successful. These kind of people are the sons and daughters of disobedience, the ones that are doing what is against Christ. You know, I talked earlier, there's Christ view and there's the Antichrist view. So the sons of disobedience and daughters of disobedience fall into the view of the Antichrist. So I, I thought about this today, and there's a few areas uh, where I want to bring out about the principalities and powers that we, we see hovering and working in America. And one of them is just America as a whole. The other one would be our government. Then another principality or area that we see that we have to deal with is social. And the last one is education. And I believe after tonight, we're going to walk through each of these. And I believe you'll be able to see where principalities and powers are working to destroy the nation that spreads the gospel all over the world more than any other. You could take all nations combined and they still don't come close to what America still does to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ all around the world. So when we look at America, one of the first things that I begin to think of, and this is something that I believe is fresh on everybody's mind, especially those of you that are watching, is our southern border. Open borders is, 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 is not of God, for one thing, but it, open borders is part of being controlled by a principality and a power. Now, it would be different if everybody... Uh, in the world was happy and full of joy and full of peace. There was no hatred in their hearts and everybody was w wanting to help everybody. Well, yeah, then you could have open borders. But when we look just as I was doing some research, we're upwards now of 14 million, upwards of 14 million illegals have now crossed the Southern border. That's not counting what's coming across on our northern border. And we've got a podcast that you can go back and look at um, or a YouTube video that you can go back where we discuss the things about our borders. And even in our northern border, there's a 360% increase in illegal crossings there. But the main focus is the southern border. 14 million illegals have now crossed the southern border Majority of these people that are coming across our border are not women and children. The majority that's coming across our border are ages 18 to 35, which is and male, which are, you know, that's fighting age, that's military age. This is what's coming across, not to mention uh, they showed a video on, on national news the other night, and of course they're not smart enough to know their own destruction there and what they're trying to do. But one of the guys walking across on the camera 
threw up a hand sign, which a lot of people begin to discuss and talk about, is an MS-13 gang sign. These are the people that are coming across our border. Hamas is coming across our border. ISIS is coming across our border. These are not people that are coming here to live a better life in America, to find, you know, peace, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness and all that. They're not doing that. They're coming here to destroy America. Why? Because they're being driven, they're being pushed by principality and a power that is against the United States of America and against God and a Christian nation. 14 million illegals, just to put that in perspective for you, that's more people than live in the state of North Carolina, that more than Michigan, more than Georgia, more than South Carolina, more than Virginia. There is only four states in the United States of America that have a population larger than 14 million, and that would be California, New York, Texas, and Florida. Only four states that have a population larger than 14 million. But yet, so in other words, we basically have a whole state worth of people coming across our border illegally. <clears throat> and when you look at these things and how that, you know, and I'm going to get into our government a little bit later, but how our government will send billions of dollars, billions upon billions of our taxpayer dollars to Ukraine or to Israel or wherever to, to help them secure their borders, but we won't spend the dime to secure our own. You have to begin to realize that, that, is, that it, they're being controlled by a principality and a power that's wanting to destroy America. Another one is something that we've seen here recently is uh, the Americans that are standing for Hamas and for Palestine. Now, I'm going to go ahead and put this out here. Yes, there's good Palestinian people, and yes, there's uh, good or, or bad Israeli people, just like there's good Israeli people, but there's bad Palestinian people. You could say the same with America, and you could say the same with any nation. But what we're seeing here is we, many of you probably have seen on the news where uh, they were protesting at our Capitol. They, they protested. They, they uh, really, in reality, they vandalized part of the Capitol, one of the gates, by putting red handprints all over it. They were chanting Allah Akbar. They were, you know, doing all these different things in America and you know no nothing was said to them there was no one none of them were arrested none of them were run off but yet go back to January 6th and you had Americans that were trying to protest what they were trying to protest I'm just trying to be careful here how I word things but they were trying to protest and some of them are still in jail some of them are still locked up um, you see where People are coming out and standing for Israel and standing for America and the, the truth being brought forth in America. And some of these people are getting visited by the FBI. But yet we have these mass shooters running around and people going, we don't know nothing about them. We didn't know they were like that. But yet you know what good people are doing. So you begin to see that these things, how it's controlled by principalities and powers, and it's worked through the sons 
and daughters of disobedience. And, you know, when I see Americans standing for Hamas, it's absolutely sickening that they're not educated enough instead of just listening to the news, just listening to what somebody else said, do your own research, which that's something that the, you know, the, the left, especially they don't want you to do. How dare you go out and do your own research? You know, and that's, that's why the Bible is so dangerous. That's why the Bible is such a threat because if you do your own research and the Bible says that the Holy Spirit will reveal to you the truths of God's Word. There's so much truth in this thing that it reveals and it illuminates sin and darkness and lets you navigate through and around and over all of this destruction. So we see these things happening, and then when you look at uh, another one, and this can kind of tie into, because this is something that really blew my mind, and some of you that follow me on social media, you've seen some things I've posted. But when you look at the homosexual and transgender uh, push in this nation, now let's tie that in to the people standing for uh, Palestine and Hamas. They had a group of homosexuals and transgenders that had this big banner up, and they protested and thought they really doing something. They're standing for justice. It said... Uh, gays for Palestine and transgenders for the Palestinian people. We stand with them. Well, newsflash to any of you idiots that did that. You might want to go and research the religion that the Palestinians and Hamas believe in. And here's the thing, whether you like it or not, and this is a little bit of a slap on the church, when it comes to religion, when it comes to a belief system, Islam, those people are more dedicated and more strict in their belief system than the Christian church is. You know, if we were that strict according to the scripture and stayed that focused, my God, there'd be a na nationwide revival would happen tomorrow. But when you begin to look at Islam and you read in the Quran, what do they do to homosexuals? And and I've had some people have said, well, yeah, but there's different levels of Islam. Yeah, and they've done surveys. And unanimously, over all different levels of Islam, even the ones that are more accepting, unanimously over all versions of Islam, they all agreed that homosexuality and transgender people caught in the act should be put to death. The only thing they argued over was should we stone them, should we set them on fire, or should we throw them off of a roof, or should we just shoot them and execute them that way? So here in America, you have gays and homosexuals, transgenders, protesting for a very people and religion that if these homosexuals and transgenders were in Pakistan or Iran or Iraq, they would catch them they would torture them and murder them because that's what their religion says. So, you know, these idiots over here thinking that they're standing up against, uh, you know, uh, aggression or whatever against the Palestinian people, you're standing up for people that if they could get their hands on you and your lover, they would kill you. 
and they wouldn't think twice about it. They wouldn't look at you well because you you stood up for us. We're we're no, they'd kill you in a heartbeat. Wouldn't think twice about it because that's what the Quran says. That's what Islam believes. So you know to see these people doing it. I, I posted a thing that that said you know gays standing up for Palestine would be like chickens uh, advertising for. Kentucky Fried Chicken or Bojangles. It don't make no sense. You know, they're promoting the very thing that's going to kill them. But yet we want to have, you know, Islam. We want to have that in America. We need to make that a a, a, a religion that's in our forefront. No, we don't. You know, they, they want to hate against the Christian beliefs. And this is how this principality, this is how this power works. They want to accept the religion that wants to kill them but they want to kill and hush the religion that wants to set them free. So you see how what used to be up is down and what's down is now up? Christianity is preached as hate speech. But Islam, we should accept them. We should love them even though they want to kill them. So you see, we see these things going on, and we have to understand that these are principalities and powers. Then you go from that into uh, pedophilia. You know, they uh, California and that Governor Newsom, or nuisance is what he really is, they just passed a law to lessen, listen to me now, hear me, they just passed a law in California to lessen the penalties, the crime on people having sex with underage children if those underage children were uh, consented to the sex. You say, well, yeah, but if they consented, no, 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 no. Uh-uh. If they're underage, they're underage. There is no consent. And you see, even if, we, let's throw out a hypothetical, even if, let's say the child was 16, 17 years old and wanted it, and, and you say, well, that's why we passed it, but where does it stop? Because if you accept that, then you're going to say, well, this one was 14, and they they, they consented. They wanted it. And then, okay, we'll, we'll let that slide. And then you're going to find, well, it's a 12-year-old. Well, they, they consented, and it'll keep going down a hill until you're finding out that they're three, four, and five years old. Oh, they consented to sex. They don't even know what it is. But you see, when that principality and that power is moving in, that thing that is demonic, that is sickening, that is degrading, it's detestable, which is pedophilia, is being portrayed as love. Well, it's because I love them so much, I'm wanting to show them my deepest affection. Yeah, you, you need a bullet between your eyes is what you need. But that's for another that's for another podcast that I probably definitely would get kicked off of. But pedophilia is is it, it's a uh, it's a a spirit, a principality that is running rampant in this nation. It's running rampant in a lot of nations all over the world. We don't know of the untold underground tunnels that that uh, are being used to traffic children into sex acts and into these. Uh, I don't know. They 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 do all. It just it's about too sick, and I don't have time to get into. But pedophilia, it's a principality and a power that we have to fight against. We have to stand against. Then you go into abortion. It's like if if 
if we can't have sex with the children and, and, and let's just kill them, you know, let's abort children. And, you know, used to, and this is what's happened. You see this principality, this power, when they took sex, used to sex was in the confines of a home. It was in the confines between a man and a woman married, hopefully, and they started moving it out. And then in the seventies, you know, we went into the, the free love movement. And then when it began to shift there to where sex was not only done in covenant between one man and one woman, but it was just, it was done with whoever you love. You know, that's a way of showing your love and it's pushed it all the way into, well, we're having sex uh, and so-and-so, well, she got pregnant. What are we going to do? Well, we can abort the child because we're going to try through this principality to come up with an idea to tell you that the child is not a child until it's born. Until it's birthed out of its mother, it's not a child. It's just a blob. So when you begin to see all these things, you see this open sex, it bring in this abortion to where they're aborting children just, you know, and, and here's the bottom line. Here's another one of these. It, it, there's only two sides to this. But if you have a child or if you have sex, part of the, and I'm not going to turn this into a sex education class, I promise. But if you have, an, if you have sex, one of the side effects of sex is kids. And kids, that's another life. You can't just throw it in the, the trash can or abort it because you was having sex and a kid showed up. A kid is not a disease. It's not an accident that just happened. If you have sex, that is a side effect. It comes with the territory. But you see, this principality and this power has come in to tell us that it's okay because when it's in the womb, it's not a life, so we can abort that. You see, all of these principalities, they, they work in all these different areas, but they're still under that one authority, which is Satan. Now, that's just things that are moving through America. But then when you look at our government, I mean, look at the government that we have right now with the inability to govern. The government's number one job is to govern. And our government that we have right now has the inability to govern. They couldn't govern a pack of dogs. They don't know how to make decisions that are pro-America, that benefit America and benefit the American people. They don't know how to govern because they're so worried that they're going to upset this group or upset that group. And you see, that's where these principalities and powers that are governed or controlling our government right now, that has got us into the place where we're at right now, where American taxpayers, because of our president, we're funding both sides of this war. We're funding Palestine and we're funding Israel, you know, and we're seeing that we have this, because of that, we have reckless spending, you know, we have inflation rates, the highest they've ever been. Mortgage rates are over 8.1% right now. You know, car loans, all, you know, the price of a new car right now is, I mean, is just astronomical. I mean, absolutely ridiculous. 
And then when you drive it off the lot, as soon as you sign your name on the title, you're automatically losing forty to $50,000. You know, so you look at that. Look at the cost of, of groceries in the store. Look how much gas costs. How much does clothes cost? How much now does it cost to send your kid to school? You know, used to, when I was going to school, I don't know, Josh, about you, if you remember, I don't ever remember my teachers asking me to, us to bring supplies in. I mean, no, no. you know, <laughs> I, I, I mean, whatever supplies the school covered it because why? Because our parents worked and paid taxes. The taxes went to the, the state and the, the federal government and local government. And then in turn, part of that was put in education and that's what we got our supplies from. But now we pay all this money in taxes for education. But yet when our kids go to school, we have to buy them all their pencils, all their pens. We have to bring in extra packs of notebooks. We have to bring in a uh, germ of the hand sanitizer. You got to bring in Kleenexes. You got to pay for a field, every field trip to go on. Everything, because why? Because our tax dollars are going everywhere else but except where they should be. And that is a principality and a power that is over our government causing them to have the inability to properly govern the people of the United States of America. Our government, their number one job is not to tell me what to do. Their number one job is to listen to its, their voters, the American people, when we tell them what to do. You see, everything's turned. Like I said earlier, what once was up is now down. What once was down is now up. All of these things are happening, and it's all because it's the control of Satan and these principalities and powers that are governing regions, towns, cities, and nations. And then when you move on past that, look at our social, their social principalities and what's going on there. Uh, you know, the whole bullying aspect and all of these different things that are going on and, and everybody is so glued to social media. I mean, it, anywhere you go, next time you go to a restaurant, I don't even care if it, go to a nice restaurant that you have to sit down and eat. When you sit down to eat, look around, unless you're one of them. If you are, put your phone down and look around at all the tables where these people are sitting. They're not having conversation. They're not communicating with each other. They're glued to these devices in their hand. They're a distraction. Now, am I saying that a phone and social media is the devil? No, but the devil's using it as a tool to distract us from the people around us that's right in front of us. We don't have a problem communicating with somebody 3,000 miles away. We just have a problem communicating with the person sitting across from us at the table. So, you know, I believe people were to do like I used to do at our house when all the kids, were, when they were growing up and all their friends would come over, We'd have a basket sitting on the bar. Everybody's phone went in that basket while we were eating. Well, that's strict. No, that gave me a chance to get to know each one of these kids, to talk about their problems, what's going on, and show them how I could relate by things I've been through or things I've uh, seen when I was growing up, how I dealt with things. It gave me the chance to be a voice in their ear and a stability in their life versus some Joe Blow out here on social media that acts like he's got everything and knows everything. So you see all of these social things 
that are going on. It's a spirit. There's also a sexual principality and a sexual power that is on social media um, where you've got all these fake accounts that are going in and trying to get all these young girls to, to send nude pictures and young guys even to send nude pictures through the internet, through the airwaves to other people. And then they find out they get uh, broadcasted all over for everybody to see when they thought it was going to be, you know, an intimate between a person and then you find these people, once they're exposed and embarrassed, these young kids are going out and committing suicide. I mean, the suicide rates in our young generations are the highest they've ever been. Why? It's because of principalities and powers, the, the ruler, the prince of the air, how they're controlling what our intake is every day. And I'm telling you, and I, I have even stopped doing this. I used to be bad about when I would wake up first thing in the morning cut my alarm off on my phone. Well, when I had my phone cut my alarm off, I would just flip over and start looking at social media. But I've stopped doing that. The first thing I do when I wake up in the morning is I'm going to spend time with God. He woke me up that morning, so he's worthy of the, the first few uh, minutes and hours of my day. I'm going to spend time with him before I give two cents of what's going on in the world and, you know, here's the thing. What's more important, spending time with God first thing in the morning or getting on social media and seeing what Aunt Carol and Sister Ethel had for supper last night when they went out and who made the best casserole? You know, that's the stuff that's on there. And, you know, then another thing I've begun to see is a lot of these young people through these social media outlets, uh, I think it's uh, called OnlyFans. There's a couple different sites like that. But there was a teacher that's made recent uh, news, headline news. She was a teacher in Missouri, young lady, I think 28 years old, beautiful girl. Uh, but somebody convinced her, because she's pretty, to, to start selling pictures here and there. And, you know, and she got fired, which she should have, absolutely. But the way the media is pushing this is, they're more mad at the school for firing her, and they're trying to bring out the fact that in eight an um, eight month span. Now, this is a, a a teacher that probably, I don't know at Missouri pay scale, but probably around anywhere from forty to sixty thousand dollars a year. But she went from that to a span of eight months, made over one million dollars because she had sex on camera on a site where people pay to watch her. So these principalities in power, you see they're controlling us in so many areas. That's financial. It's social. It's being accepted. They're pushing now for these type of sites to be accepted because of the money you can make, because it takes the uh, burden of debt off of you. One of the, her statements was, was finally after years of struggle, her and, now get this, her and her husband, she's married. He, he was okay with this. Her and her husband could breathe financially and not have to worry about how bills was going to be paid. So you see, it's come, this principality, this power, this sexual uh, spirit has come in and now it's presenting itself as something acceptable because if I do this, 
uh, now I can, me and my husband can breathe financially and we'll never have to worry about another thing. So you see all of these things, it's all about that. It's about that self-interest. It's, it's all about me. How can I take care of me? And then when you look at the other side of that is, you know, there's a lot of hate out there. Uh, there's a lot of, uh, I, I run into a young girl a few weeks ago. Um, I ran into her and her mother. Uh, I won't go into that whole story, but it, it, it was a great story. But this young girl was just going into uh, high school. It was her freshman year, ninth grade. But she had to switch schools because she was a, a beautiful little girl. Um, but she had to switch schools because there was three girls at the other school she was attending here in this county where we live, beat her till she had to be hospitalized because they bullied her and didn't like her because of how pretty she was. You see, that's pure hate. That's a principality. That's a power. You know, now, yeah, I believe, like the Bible says, the rod of correction will drive uh, evil far away. Uh, most of them kids need that rod of correction, which that's another principality that's come in because we have these professors and these doctors that are absolute idiots telling parents, well, you, you shouldn't spank your children. You shouldn't discipline them. It'll warp their personality. Well, I can show you track records, kids that had our personalities warped when we were young that are contributing uh, adults in society today. You know, Josh, did you ever get whoopings when you was young? I got them. Yeah, did that warp your personality today? You... No, it gave me a little bit more finite respect for uh, obedience mm -hmm. and, um, you know, obedience to my parents. And, yeah. Um, you know, just the just the respect of, of learning to listen to them. I think it's more, you, you know, parents don't want to spank your kid, but they want you to acknowledge that what they've said is something that you need to do or to adhere to. And it's like, I tell my kids, I'm not here to, I'm not here to hurt you. I'm here to help you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, you know, my dad used to tell me, my dad used to say every time me and Philip, my brother was going to get a whooping and, and my dad, this was back in the day. Uh, we didn't get to keep, we didn't get to keep our, our pants pulled up. No, it was draws. You was down to your tidy whities when you got your butt whooped. But we got our butts whooped. But right before, and some of you, you may have had this happen to you, but right before I would get a, a spanking or a whipping, my dad would always tell me, now, son, this is going to hurt me more than it is you. And I was laying there bent over the bed thinking, well, wait a minute, I, I'm the one getting the belt. Are, are you going to let me whip you? And I never understood that until I had my own children and I began to correct my children. I, I'm like you, Josh. I, it hurt to have to, to spank my children or correct them, but I knew that if we didn't, then what they were doing they would think was okay and justified, and then as they got older, you know, they would continue doing that. And I believe we've see, we see that happening now because we see now more than ever the level of disrespect and disobedience um, towards the older generation. 
uh, and not all the older generation are, you know, setting the right example. I, I, I mean, you know, Karens were born out of <laughs> our age people, you know. Uh, but anyway, at any rate, we have to look at this social aspect of where these principalities and powers have come in and, you know, uh, are controlling, you know, and even real quick, just bouncing back to, to well, no, it's moving forward. I'm sorry. Uh, education, you know, education used to be, we got taught math. You got taught English. You got how, got taught how to read, how to write. Then we got taught history, you know, how we were, uh, how our nation was formed, how things were done. Uh, we got taught health and a little bit of science. And then we got to play a little bit and it was good, you know, but now our education system is not educating our children. They're indoctrinating our children. I don't know of many kids that were, if you, you take a child that even come out of a conservative home, uh, you know, a good Christian conservative home that went to a four-year college and they come out a liberal, you know, um, that would even question God and is God real? Why is that? Because we begin to shift professors in our colleges that begin to teach indoctrination and begin to teach these other things, and they teach it to where these kids believe it and buy into it. And, you know, we've got kids, you know, they begin to happen when I first went into high school, I think in the, in the early 90s, late 80s, early 90s, you begin to see this big push for college. College, 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 college. I mean, it, it, they almost presented it as if you didn't go to college, you, you, you wasn't going to make it. If you didn't go to college, you couldn't make big money. If you didn't go to college, you would be a poor middle class, barely get along. But if you wanted to make big money, you had to go to college. And I bought into it my ninth grade year and signed up for all college prep classes uh, until the first nine weeks was over. And I barely made it through, and I didn't take no more college prep classes, you know. And and I went to uh, took you know technical classes. I took auto mechanics, bricklaying, agriculture, electronics. But I learned more in those classes because those classes taught me how to function in society and how to work with other people and problem solve. Where most kids now are going to school and going to college for eight years and coming out with a a hundred and two hundred thousand dollar student loan and they got a degree in basket weaving you know but it's just well i had to go to college no you don't have to go to college not everybody i'm not against some college my daughter went to medical school you know and and it worked for her she she's doing great in the medical field for herself and working in that medical field and that's great but like with my son you know, it was better for him just to get out and get a job because he works better with his hands. He he works better working with people. And that's not something you teach in, in college, you know. And all these people, I mean, I know people I went to school with and I've been out of school over 20, well, over 30 years uh, going on it. They're still paying off their student debts and working at Walmart and places like that uh, because the degree they got didn't get them anywhere. You know, and, you know, they're still struggling and trying. 
been out of school for 30 years and still trying to pay off student loan debts. You know, so those are spirits and principalities that are trying to control us, to keep us down, and not only that, but indoctrinate us. So we have to look at these things, and when you, you see yourself looking at uh, America with our borders open, they just come across yesterday talking about that we need we're put been, have been put on a very high threat level for some kind of catastrophe to happen here. When you get frustrated with you know our government and its their inability to govern, when you get frustrated with the things going on socially against different groups and different people, when you look at how ridiculous our education system is, you have to realize. Yes, it is people that are doing it, but you have to look. Remember what we said in Ephesians. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, rulers of darkness in high places. But God has given us the whole armor of God that we can withstand. So when you feel yourself getting weak and frustrated, consider that source. Get back in your source, which is that word of God. And understand that the attacks against America are satanic, they're antichrist, they're wicked power, spirits in high places, principalities that are working through people, through nations, through regions, through cities, towns, governments to try to squash the move of God. But I can go ahead and tell you, don't get discouraged because in the end we win. Satan's already been judged. His punishment has been handed out to him. That's why in these last days we're seeing things that we thought we'd never see. We're seeing attacks on people that we never thought we would see. And done a lot more counseling in the last few weeks than I've done the whole time I've been a pastor. Why? It's not because they're bad people with problems. It's because Satan is doing everything he can. He's throwing every device he can against the wall to see what will stick, the walls of our life to see whether it's sickness, whether it's marriage issues, whether it's job, whether it's our children. Satan is throwing everything at us. So what do we do? The Bible says to put on the armor of God so that we'll, we'll be able, not where you might withstand, but you might not. no. If you put on the armor of God, he said that you will be able, so that you're able to withstand the attack, the wiles of the devil in these last days. And he said, having done all to stand, stand. And I know somebody, but you don't know, I'm just sick of this. I'm sick of that. I'm tired of seeing this. When is it going to end? When is this? The Bible says, having done all to stand, keep standing. Keeps about principalities and powers and what's facing them in this world and how, how to navigate successfully and safely through these troubled waters that we're facing today. God bless you, and we'll see you next week. Hmm, I lagged out. Huh? <laughs> I said I